Hi there. Welcome back to the I'm Still Here Messages from the Other Side podcast with Tammy Lawrence Symbolisti. Many of us have lost loved ones, and it brings a significant change in our lives. Our loved ones, however, would want us to continue to live on, being that we are still here. It's important for us to take care of our mental health as we move forward. So our intention is to continue to discuss grief, but widening our focus so that we might discuss other ways to help us live our lives. My hope is you continue this journey along with us as we shift to explore our new world with our loved ones hidden by our sides. Hi there. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Joanna Dane. Joanna has her master's in counseling psychology from the University of Santa Monica. She lives in North Carolina. Her current passion is to bring people into what she refers to as the Evers, a space where you can make believe, which is made real, where we can play in the realm of our imagination for deep healing. Today, we'll talk about that, as well as answering the invitation of your soul, where we can actually love ourselves even more and create a life that we love. Hello, Joanna. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so happy that you're taking some time for us. What's the weather like in North Carolina today? It, so far, it's a little chilly, but I think it's going to be in the 50s today. And oh, when it hits 50, I'm just outside, no leggings, <laughs> pretending it's spring. Yeah, exactly. It's coming. Mm-hmm. coming. Yeah, yeah, I keep telling myself that. <laughs> yeah, not much longer. And as we record this, it's before Groundhog Day. So we'll have to hear what those ground dogs have to say. Yes. <laughs> I'm hoping a, a short little winter. Yeah, that would be lovely. Mm-hmm. Although people who like to downhill ski and all of that stuff will probably wish they had more time to play outside. That is true. <laughs> that's true. I'm happy for them if they get it. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> so the Evers, let's mm. dig into this. What does that mean? So I have become sort of transfixed with this idea that as adults, we don't play. Mm. Now we have fun. Yes. But to play as a child, I think, you know, when you look at children play, it is not light and frivolous. It can be light and frivolous, but more often than not, play is the language. I I believe it was Piaget who said, uh, play is the work of the child. And play is an entryway into our soul. It is a doorway and a passage, a pathway into these deep parts of ourselves. A child will slay dragons and meet the shadows and build fortresses. And it's fun, but it also gives them the experience of working things out for themselves and coming up with new ideas. And I love that. And I find myself craving the experience of make-believe made real. I love to read, you know, and, and I magical realism and like kind of light fantasy is my absolute favorite. And I want to live in a world that has that magic. And once upon a time, I did. You know, when I was five years old, I lived in that world. We all lived in that world if we were lucky and privileged enough to. And I miss that. You know, I read those books and I think I want to be inside the story. And I, I think it was it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. And I was I was I was dancing actually at home. And I looked over and on my table was 
this beautiful package I had received shortly before of a like a solve a mystery from home kit. Um, and it was done by an artist. It was super cool. And I'm like dancing and I look over and I think, could I do something like that? You know, given what I, at that point, I, I you know, was doing a lot of, uh, and I still do like one-on-one -on -one healing and, and coaching type work, but, I, but I've always been um, an artist and I've, I've, you know, I'm always a writer and I look over and I think, can I do this? And, and that's really the moment that the idea of the Evers was born of what, you know, to take someone into this world uh, of my creation, to allow them to have that dark and mysterious play and fun play that children have with the intention of learning about ourselves, with the intention of allowing make-believe to become real for a moment so that we can find our own mythology and step into different possibilities than just what is practical and in front of us. I think, of course, that has a place. I love you know, to deal with what's in front of me and I need to deal with what is practical. But to get there, I need to play. And I think other people do too. <laughs> I so agree with this. And I'm just yeah. loving the idea because you're right. We don't play as adults. And yeah. this week we were doing this thing to clear the lymphatic system and we were bouncing up and down on our heels. And kids do that all the time, right? They mm -hmm. bounce bounce and bounce and it's awesome adults don't do that it's weird yeah <laughs> so how can we find this element of play and bring it back into our lives and as you're talking i'm remembering when i was a kid i used to love playing this haunted house game and we'd play in between the trees and we would like imagine we'd open this door and we would be like creak as the door opens you uh -huh. just, thank you you just brought that memory back to me <laughs> i love that oh i love that yeah, I did things like that all the time too. And in hindsight, I can look back and see what it gave me, ideas and possibilities, but also space to feel things that were uncomfortable or too big for you know a, a little kid. I got to play through it and have the feelings, but not hold on to them or intellectualize them or justify them in all the ways that at least I, as an adult, am prone to do. <laughs> so how would that process work? I would come mm. to you and, and explain where I'm at or where I'm stuck or something. And then, like, could you walk us through it? Absolutely. So two, So currently I do it in two different ways. Um, the, the first way that it was born and that I've done it, uh, I'm about to do it, I think my fifth time, um, I create these things called quests. And they are experienced through the mail. So for uh, six weeks, people will get 13 letters from me. And each letter holds an invitation, a story, and then the quests have a theme. So I've done a quest to the depths where we journey below the sea and meet monsters and shadows. Um, I, I'm about to launch a quest into the density of making things real and solid for ourselves. And it will be a trip through a magical bookstore because I love bookstores. <laughs> And each letter pulls us deeper in. So each letter pulls us and gives us an invitation, something to explore, a work of art inside, something that we can create and play with while living in this imaginary world. So those are created for anyone who signs up. Um, there's usually, you know, 75 to 100 people who sign up and they get all those letters. Uh, and we, while we don't have like a Facebook group or anything like that, I'm just personally... 
uh, <laughs> not into, into that as part of the creation of it. There's still a really lovely group vibe that happens because it's really held. But everyone who gets to participate walks through the evers, walks through this happily ever after, uh, you know, and what happens after that and the ex- exploration of what is not real, but what feels real for the moment. I also do it uh, in a bespoke way. I, I literally call it bespoke, in which people do come to me and we talk or they fill out um, a questionnaire and I then create an experience just for them. And they will get usually a, a large box in the mail filled with an adventure for them to walk through. I have created a journey through the great tree, which was a story of um, a female explorer uh, in the early 1900s who discovers this great tree, the tree of creation, the tree of life. And she begins at the roots and rises to the crown. And it was all of her like documentation. And it took someone through that journey of embodying themselves anew. I've created um, a, a secret society <laughs> Um, of two, actually, I think at this point, this, but one of my favorite, I think, was the secret society of um, serpents. And it was a whole journey of shedding your skin and coming back to yourself. Uh, so for each person, I create an experience and then hand it to them. I'm like, okay, go play. <laughs> it sounds amazing. And your energy is just overload is overspilling. So it probably does that in your stories. <laughs> I hope so. I love it with all of my being. Uh, truly doing this work, I feel, you know, I've always loved what I've done, especially in the working for myself for the last 13 or so years, but I never knew I could love it to this capacity that I could really show up and play and, you know, be an artist and a writer and a healer uh, all in one. It's really exciting. It, it sounds exciting. <laughs> Thank you. So how would we suggest that someone fall in love with their life or fall in love with themselves? Mm. So, you know, I, it's a question I have pondered for myself for years because I kept hearing that, um, you know, you got to love yourself. You got to, I was like, okay, what does that mean? And no one could tell me, <laughs> you know, they would just be like, do nice things for yourself. And, and I think that's lovely, you know, but I can, and I have, you know, loaded myself with self-care, done all the massages and journaling and, you know, yoga and all the things that feel so good in my being and body while not enjoying myself, while speaking terribly to myself. Um, And I knew that there was an incongruence there, that that wasn't what I was doing, even though I was being kind to myself, the act of berating myself in the process Um, or doing those things to fix myself, (laughs) um, you know, wasn't a true act of self-love. And so I began this process that I call the process of loving, or I began doing this process called the process of loving, um, in which I find, you know, the voices inside that are not kind, or that hurt, or that are sad, or that are anything that are not the actual essence of who I am. And I connect with that specific voice. And it's an it's a actual process I can walk us through. Uh, but I connect with it and I listen to it. And then I love it exactly as it is. Because in that space, to me, that's where I got to fall in love with myself. Because I got to offer myself actual unconditional 
love and regard exactly as I was, even to the parts of me that were so in pain or nasty or, you know, the things that we don't like to acknowledge and talk about. There is no part of me, there is no part of you, there is no part of anyone that does not deserve to be loved. Now, there are things, you know, I think that's different necessarily than our actions, which we need and deserve to be held accountable for when appropriate. And still that part of me that chose that action, that did something that was not wonderful, does not get to be shunned for my being. Because the truth is, it just can't be. You know, I can push those voices away. I think that was at least for me, a lot of the advice that I got, um, you know, in my early 20s and beginning sort of my journey into personal growth and was like, oh, just push those voices away. Don't pay attention to them. And I was thinking that's like a three-year-old, you know, I tell a three-year-old, not now. And they're just going to get louder and louder, you know, and start from the beginning of the story. And, you know, after a while, it's like, okay, I better do something here because they are not being quiet and I am not happy. And so I created the process of loving. And I have found, like I said, the more I do it, the more I'm willing to embrace every experience of my being is when I actually fall in love with myself and my life. That is so hard to do. I mean, I'm listening to your words and I'm like, oh yeah, there's a lot of people, including myself, that can totally relate to this Mm -hmm. inner critic portion. Yeah. Yeah. We try and push it away or sweep it under a carpet or something. When I agree, it's it's like a, take a Buddhist perspective of it to sit with Mm -hmm. it and allow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I have an active inner critic and at this point of about 10 years of this practice, my relationship with her is so transformed because I can feel when what I need is my attention. I can feel when what I need is my kindness, or I can feel what I need is to actually listen to her, (laughs) that there's like something really appropriate she's trying to tell me, but I am so used to ignoring my inner critic. (laughs) that, or I was, you know, that I missed out on the actual, oh, this is off. Something is not in alignment. Please pay attention. You know, those parts inside, they know how to get my attention. (laughs) They know I will listen to loud and, you know, rough and mean. Uh, I won't necessarily, you know, listen to quiet and kind all the time. So when she rises up and is like that at this point, especially in my consciousness, I'm like, oh, something's off. Let's let's sit for a moment. Let me listen to what you have to say without believing necessarily. You know, I, I, again, like a three-year-old might tell me a, a dramatic story and I don't necessarily have to believe all of it, but I can feel it and know what they're trying to communicate to me. Mm-hmm. So tapping into the emotion behind the words would be a way to get yourself to this place? I think so. Yes. I mean, I know so, Um, you know, and and the process, so the process goes, I just invite people to feel the emotion or voice or whatever, you know, I can almost always feel my inner critic, you know, that's such a perfect example. I can feel it in my belly, in my chest, in my jaw somewhere. Um, And even if we can't, I just tell people pretend to make it up. We're totally making it up anyway. Um, And, and then just to feel it and allow an image to take shape from that uh, visceral sensation and then to listen. And I think that's where we get to touch into the energy and the emotion behind the words and to feel in deeper. I invite people to ask their inner critic or whatever part it is, 
what this inner critic wants us to know. There's anything they have to tell us. We don't respond. We don't get in an argument. You know, it's just finally, again, like that three-year-old, if we just give them a chance to talk, they come to completion. Uh, We just, you know, we're so used to pushing down that sometimes there's a little, you know, it takes a little bit for it to, to come out. But in that moment, we can feel the emotion behind the words, feel the grief, feel the sadness. Sometimes those parts, you know, the words they are saying and the emotion are incongruous and we get to feel that. And then our work is to embrace. Can I just hug this part of me or love it? as if I would, you know, send a prayer to someone on Facebook that I don't know, you know, I, I'm so, e- it's so easy for me to do that. Not so necessarily easy for me to turn that gaze on that inner critic and the things that they're saying. And then from there, we get to step back and say, okay, I have, you know, embraced this part of me. What do I know? And it's there too, that we get to see usually with a different perspective. Oh yeah, I can see that the emotion and the words were very different, that they were very, the words were very angry, but underneath that was, you know, a deep grief or frustration that I wasn't paying attention to myself and my needs. Mm, Some kind of of pain that exists there Mm -hmm. that needs to be healed, but we just want to push it away and not allow space for it. Yes. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I'm very good at. <laughs> um, and, and it's not something, you know, again, it was about 10 years ago or so, something I just really didn't want to be good at anymore. I didn't want to push myself away. I wanted to be as present with who I am, all of me as possible. And in doing so, I am more of myself. I have more resources than I did before. I have more imagination. I have more physical energy. I have more um, intuitive awarenesses because more of me is present and I'm not fighting myself. I think it's that war that's exhausting. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, that's okay. Just just questions sprung to mind. Um, Was there one life event that brought you to diving here or how did you get to that point where... Or was it your education that, yeah, okay, I have to really work on me? Yeah, I I think a lot of it was my education. Um, My time at the University of Santa Monica was absolutely transformative. Uh, And and we did a lot of work with these different parts of ourselves. And they, one of their pieces that just deeply influenced me and still does is um, that healing is the application of loving to the parts inside that hurt. Ooh, say that again. I love that. (laughs) healing is the application of loving to the parts inside that hurt. And that's from um, doctors, Ron and Mary Holnick. And when I heard that, I mean, I knew it was the same thing. It was like, Oh yeah, there's something there. And I I needed a clear way. Like my brain needs steps (laughs) and, you know, processes. And and so it, it took me a while to figure out something that worked for me. They taught us incredible tools. And the process of loving was just something that worked for me. And I found it really was just happening naturally and gradually through the what they had taught us and then through my own experience. Um, but it just, you know, I, I, I don't can't recall a specific life event, um, but it was more just knowing that there were was a war going on inside of me. And because of the work that I do, I didn't want to show up with 
with that. I wanted to root as deep as I can and could in love and not in the chaos that, you know, was at that point kind of natural <laughs> inside of my being. It takes on this whole, you reminded me of that book, The Art of War, but taking oh, it yeah. to a totally different level. Okay, this is my art of war. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. And and for me, it was like, how can I end the war? Not how can I win the war? Because if I was going to win the war, then another part inside of me had to lose the war. And that just felt unacceptable to me that any part of me was going to be defeated. Even the parts that, again, you know, felt hurtful or nasty or any of those things, like they were hurting, <laughs> you know, just as much as like the sad parts that were so much easier to embrace. So yeah, I was like not winning the war, but I will end the war to the best of my ability. Yeah, that's beautiful. And <laughs> such hard work sometimes to get there, or maybe that's just oh, a yes. mindset and I should say it's effortless and easy and then it would be easier. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't think it's always hard. I mean, it's, it's a practice at this point. I don't think too much of, I just sort of do it when I am in the awareness of it. And I think it's okay that it's hard. It's not simple or easy to feel the things that we have pushed down, especially when we also have the experience of those feelings being omnipresent. You know, when I tell people, oh, no, 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 now you just listen to this part. And they're like, this part talks all the time. And I'm like, it sort of does, but it says two sentences and then you push it away and it has to repeat those two sentences because it doesn't get to tell its story. And and so these are challenging things. And I think it's okay that they can be challenging. We can do hard things. We do it all the time. You know, ease is wonderful, but it's just one part of the human experience. Yeah, it reminds me of that uh, analogy of a diamond, that it doesn't get shiny and mm-hmm. polished and beautiful without a little bit of roughness in there. Yes, yeah, I like that too. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's true. So what is the first advice you would have for someone who wanted to start this journey? What could they do? Is it a med- so, start in meditation or? Um, I think the first step, if, if their intention was, you know, how do I end this war? How do I have a different experience of myself, a more loving experience? I would just invite them to begin to be gentle with themselves, to notice when they're fighting themselves and see what it would be like to stop. To not fight that voice back, but to treat it as if it was a wounded child. We wouldn't necessarily, at least I hope not, you know, yell or want to yell at a crying toddler, but we are so easy to yell at the young parts within our own being. And so that's where I would invite people to begin, just a breath and and come to an awareness of, oh, I hear what's going on inside of me. Let me not participate for a moment just to see what that's like. And then to follow that, I think meditation for me has been an incredible tool and that, you know, maybe the truth for a lot of people movement and, you know, moving meditation and dance has also been, you know, an incredible tool to give myself that perspective. I think anything that helps us both connect deeper to our being, but also uh, spread out a little bit (laughs) and have a deeper experience of who we are can be an incredible beginning. Mm, wonderful. And mm-hmm. then take some time to daydream. <laughs> oh, yes. 
I, oh yeah, I have a practice. I call my practice of stillness. Like it's not meditation. Um, it's just stillness. And it's something I did as a kid. You know, we'll go out and lie on the ground and stare at the clouds and make up the stories and things. And, you know, and to come to that again, to that place of play, I think daydreaming and stillness is such a magnificent way to start. Um, taking ourselves even on little treasure hunts. I made up this little deck of cards for my friends uh, and I call them the, it's the, an omen deck. And like, I really just made it one day while we were playing. I, I don't sell them much anymore. Um, it's just for my friends, but it, it, anyone can do it. I just made up words. I was like, I'm going to go out and find these words. And it's like this scavenger hunt. And with a, you know, with an intention of when I find it, I will receive something or I'll, you know, understand a question um, a little more or receive an answer to something and just go play where it's not always again, light and fun, but it is deep and wondrous mm -hmm. and, you know, a joy to be in, even when it's a little shadowy. I just had a conversation this week with a client and we were talking about that because I said, you need to find a way to play. And he said, yeah, but that's silliness. I, you know, I, I'm not one to be silly. And Play doesn't have to be silly, but it has to be fun for you. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I very much agree. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of silly, um, but my play isn't, yeah, <laughs> my play isn't always silly. You know, I mean, I love to laugh and giggle and, and have that sort of play in my life, but I'm also willing to like go, you know, in, in the trees. And I, I love that you shared that because I have beautiful trees in my yard and sometimes I'll do that. I'll like peek in and I'll take pictures and just wanting to see all the different shapes and, and it's just play, but it is not silly. You know, play is serious work and for children. And I take it very seriously, even when I am, you know, giggling uncontrollably. I take it very seriously. What would you tell the person who says, I don't know how to play? I would say, find what feels fun and imaginative. So if you don't know how to play, begin with a book, begin with a movie, begin and, you know, begin with a story of somebody, like of somebody else's creation and just begin there. Because that to me is the heart of play is the story. We get to have, you know, our own hero's journey through the Evers, through the land of imagination. Begin there. Let it spark something. Find a story that you find yourself wishing, oh, I wish this was real. And, and just that wish, just the wanting and the ache for it will begin to open up doorways and they'll start to see, oh, I could play like this. And it can be simple, like, you know, taking pictures, uh, you know, between all my evergreens and just seeing what shapes are there. And, you know, if there was a message for me, what would that message be? Uh, you know, it can be simple like that without having to be, you know, a grand structure that costs a ton of money. And, um, you know, it can just, it can just be easy. Yeah. Last night I was outside and it was a little dark out there and the snow had just fallen here. Mm -hmm. And on one of the tree limbs, the way it, it doesn't look like that this morning because I double checked to see, but the way that the light was hitting the snow that was on this one branch, it looked like a cat was sprawled out on this branch. And I sat out there for an extra 10 minutes just staring at that cat mm -hmm. in the tree. And yes. The out and I'm like, it's not there, but man, did it ever look like a stretched out cat last night? That, and I wasn't, you know, intoxicated. I didn't have anything uh -huh. to 
music or whatever. But I was just sitting there going, wow, that is just so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love moments like that because that is how play happens and it is nourishing. And then you might find yourself looking for other things and having new ideas and, you know, inviting people into them just because you spent 10 minutes doing that. You know, as you were saying that, I, I was also thinking, you know, something that I do often uh, is invite my friends into my play. You know, have, I'm thinking of a time like a friends and I had a tea party on my front lawn or, you know, I have a studio in my house and I transform it into a movie theater uh, once a month and make popcorn for my friends and we watch a movie. And, and all those things are play. And so sometimes if people are feeling stuck in that, you know, call your friend over, show them the animal in the tree, let them, you know, I wonder what they're, they might see, because it could be totally different. I love, you know, staring at clouds with friends and seeing what looks different, you know, what I see and what they see. Yeah, absolutely. And I think mm -hmm. that people who are uh, by themselves, uh, any widowers, they might, mm -hmm. might be this podcast they can do that for themselves too you can set up your room like a, a popcorn night and, and a movie mm -hmm. night and and doll it right up and make it be fun rather than feeling like oh i'm lonely play oh, with yeah. that lonely part of yourself is what you're you kind of are saying and make it into a little adventure oh yes i live alone i have a, i have a wonderful partner and i live alone and i spend a lot of time with myself and i do that all the time this year i decided is the year i'm burning all of my candles <laughs> and like right in front of me now i have a tiny little desk and i have five candles on it <laughs> because sometimes i just want all you know all those five candles just taking up the whole desk and you know enjoying that flame i will make a like a dinner that i love just for myself and watch a movie I've seen a hundred times. Um, you know, I'll take myself on long drives. I'll use, you know, I'll pick an omen card or I'll just make something up. Like today I want to see, um, you know, three blue jackets. And then I go looking for three blue jackets and usually I find three blue jackets. <laughs> or, you know, I wanna talk to someone new today. Uh, and then some of that I don't even have to leave the house for too. You know, just, I'm gonna, you know, make it, wildly, you know, it, it, big dinner for myself. I'm going to learn to bake bread, um, you know, whatever it is and, and just explore and let myself ha have an experiment so that it's not something I need to be good at. I'm just going to experiment. I'm going to make bread. It might fail. How fabulous. I learned something. I'll do it again next time. Let me just make a mess. Yeah. We have to be willing mm -hmm. to be really bad at things before we're ever good at them. Yes. <laughs> I think that's one of my strengths is that I rarely expect myself to be good at anything initially. And I'm not afraid of making a mess. And just, I think the mess part, once we get over that, we can play. Yeah. And let it be messy because messy can yeah. be fun. So fun. Yeah. And, you know, we can clean it up. We're adults. We've learned how to do that, but just let ourselves go for it. It's so wonderful. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> where do we direct people to find you on social or wherever? So my website is Joanna Dane, J-O-A-N-N-A-D-A-N-E.com. Uh, um, I'm also on Instagram. It's uh, Joanna Dane one. Uh, and I have a sub stack too. Uh, it's called the Library of Curiosities and Wonders because I have, or excuse me, the Journal of Curiosities and Wonders because I have um, a little free library type dwelling uh, out in my front yard 
called the Library of Wonders and Curiosities. And each, it's part of my play and the Evers. And, and each week I fill it with, it's got books and puzzles, but I also fill it with art that I make or little writings uh, so that people can come and, you know, find a letter from the Oracle or, um, you know, something of my creation that they may not even know that they need just little sparks of magic and inspiration. So my uh, Substack sort of follows that, that uh, line of energy too. <laughs> oh, perfect. That's great. Mm -hmm. We'll put those links in the show notes so that people can just one click oh. and, and find you. Thank you. Thank you for spending some time with us today. It's been such a pleasure meeting you, Joanna. It has been so wonderful meeting you and getting to talk to you. Thank you. This was so fun. Yeah, absolutely. And you gave people a lot of food for thought. So I hope that you work on playing out there after yes. this podcast. <laughs> Have a great day. Thank you for listening. We're grateful to our guests for sharing their experience and their knowledge with us. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others who might find it helpful. Be sure to follow up our links on social media, which were offered in the show notes. A special shout out to Kevin McLeod and Incomputech for our background music entitled Happy Dreams. Wishing you a fabulous day.